So one of my best mate's advice about the podcast was this. He says, mate, you've got about 90 seconds to capture your audience. So here goes. I'm going to start with a little warning. It's about to get deep. Very deep. Like when an 8 to 10 foot wave takes you down for the count when you're out surfing. It can feel like a double story building is collapsing on top of you. It drives you hard and it feels like you're being pole driven by this intense force trying to take you down for the count. It can drive you so deep in that vast ocean that things around you become dark. Very, very dark. You've spun up and down and around like a toy doll. You lose complete orientation. You no longer know which way is up. Your energy levels are completely gone. On top of that, you have no oxygen left in your system. Your thoughts spin out of control. Your anxiety and stress levels are through the roof and it narrows down to this one single and clear thought. If I don't get to the surface soon, and I mean within the next few seconds, I'm going to die. And then you start fighting. Now this is where my story starts. Have I still got your attention? If so, then get a warm cup of coffee or a green tea, make yourself comfortable and join me for a wild ride. It might just take you by surprise. This podcast is about all things pandemic. Albeit from a very different perspective. Towns, cities and whole countries have come to an absolute standstill for a period of time over the last 18 months or so. Byron Bay, where our work has come to a standstill. Whole cities that are usually frantically busy, people running to and fro, hectic and on the go, supercharged and super busy, have come to a standstill. We, in our personal lives, have come to a standstill. The severity depending on where you live and what you do for a living. There has never been a time like this. Not from a whole world perspective, anyway. It has never been seen in our lifetime. The last major world impact of this magnitude was World War II. It's been a time to take stock, to reevaluate, to readjust, and to set new markers. It's a great opportunity for us all. As a well-known surf editor said recently, it's like we've been sent to our room for misbehaving, grounded, to take the time to have a good long look at ourselves and to ask, what have I been up to? It's going to get personal. From the day I decided to do a podcast until now, it's been quite the adventure. It has gotten scary and it has become very personal. I'm quite the introvert to the extent that some people even say I'm a bit of a hermit. So doing this and getting personal pretty much goes against the grain and I'm freaking out. In the book, Daring Greatly, The Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way You Live by Brené Brown. And I'll quote from page 80. Practice courage and reach out. Yes, I want to hide, but the way to fight shame and to honour who we are is by sharing our experiences with someone who has earned the right to hear it. Someone who loves us, not despite of our vulnerabilities, but because of them. Wise words by a wise lady. My Dark Night of the Soul. So I've been studying St John of the Cross of late. St John of the Cross was a monk back in the 1500s, born into an extremely poor family in Spain. His father died when he was only three years old. Two years later, his brother died, probably as a result of malnutrition. This was the circumstances around which he grew up. You get the picture. 
On the night of the 2nd of December, 1577, a group broke into John's dwelling and took him prisoner. He was then sentenced to a term of imprisonment. He was kept under brutal regime that included public lashings before the community at least weekly. He was in severe isolation in a tiny, stifling cell measuring only a few feet. He had no change of clothing and was on a bad diet of water, bread and fish scraps. During his imprisonment, he wrote some of the most enlightening words ever recorded on paper. He managed to escape eight months later on the 15th of August of 1578. He was slowly but surely nursed back to health by the nuns under St. Teresa of Avila in Toledo, Spain. He died a few years later on December of 1591 at 49 years of age. He wrote many poems and articles during his days of immense suffering and absolute darkness, and I'll quote just a few of them here. The endurance of darkness is preparation for great light. In the dark night of the soul, bright flows the river of God. Where there is no love, pour love in, and you will draw love out. I'm going to take the liberty to expand here a little bit. Suffering is very, very relative, but we have all had to suffer to some degree during this pandemic. Most of us have had to be in lockdown for some time, maybe not locked up in solitary confinement in a dark cell, but we, in the very least, got a small picture of what it might look like to suddenly be confined to a small space or a small area for a certain amount of time. For some, it was only short, maybe a few weeks. For others, it was 30, 60, 90, or for some Australians, even 250 days. Whether you were on a farm or cramped in a city apartment by yourself or in a city block with your whole family and maybe even extended family, everyone at some point, to some degree, suffered in their own way. Many didn't make it through to the other side of lockdown. In fact, I was just catching up with a good friend just the other day She's a counsellor and a psychotherapist. She was having a short holiday in Lennox Head after nearly two years of lockdown in Melbourne. As a psychotherapist, you can only imagine what she was exposed to during this time. Some of the most shocking stories involving young children and self-harm, etc. While at the same time dealing with her own young children and her husband all at home full time. And her youngest child quite literally losing the plot multiple times a day. Week in and week out. She summed it up like this. The people of Melbourne were broken by the constant lockdowns. That we would have done anything, anything to get out if they, the government, asked me to chop off my left arm, I would have anything to get out of lockdown. In the book, Atlas of the Heart by Breno Brown, she explains it like this. Language is our portal to meaning-making, connection, healing, learning, and self-awareness. Having access to the right words can open up entire universes. When we don't have the language to talk about what we're experiencing, our ability to make sense of what's happening and share it with others is severely limited. Her explanation of being overwhelmed. Overwhelmed means an extreme level of stress. An emotional 
and or cognitive intensity to the point of feeling unable to function. She says, I love this definition of overwhelmed from the Merriam-Webster online dictionary. Completely overcome or overpowered by thought or feeling. So as I was saying, it was only literally weeks ago where I was going through my own version of Dark Night of the Soul. It was in the midst of lockdown. In fact, it got so bad that I checked myself in at the doctor's. I asked my doctor matter-of-factly if he had ever heard of St John of the Cross. He looked at me a little puzzled. I, crack, I cracked up with tears in my eyes to basically tell him that I was starting to lose it, that I was slowly but surely unravelling. Then I sat up and asked him for a script. I wanted drugs, good drugs. I wanted medication to take away the pain. In fact, I went so far as to ask him exactly what I thought would do the trick. I wanted a script for Prozac and I wanted a script for Valium. I walked out of the doctor's office that day empty-handed, saying to myself, why do I always end up with the good and honest ones anyway? I came to realise that God was bringing me through a very intense and very profound spiritual experience through my darkest hour. Now I could share so much more as I am currently immersed in three books about the life and writings of St John of the Cross, but about that later. My name is Martin Muller. I was made in Switzerland in 1973 and decided to move to the best coastline in the world in 1981. Of course, it was my parents at the time who decided to move and leave Europe behind for good. Having dual citizenship, I have called both Australia and Switzerland home and have travelled back and forth for most of my life, with big stints in Peru, Indonesia and my favourite place in the world, South Africa. I am a keen surfer and I love my time in the ocean. I consider it a real gift. Sometimes just sitting out on your board and watching the sunrise as a pot of dolphins swim by or a turtle pops up beside you and just checks you out. It turns and gives you a little look. I'm sure other creatures are also checking us out and giving us little looks. But as a die-hard surfer, I won't go there. The ocean gives me strength and it clears my mind. I'm a spiritual person, a strong believer, and my faith is a major part of my life journey. In fact, if it was not for Jesus, I wouldn't be here today. But that would be for another podcast. What really brought me to do this podcast, you may ask? There have been so many implications in my personal life since the pandemic. No longer being able to travel to see family members and close friends. Let alone my family in Switzerland, but even today, I can't even visit my closest friends and family who live only two hours away across the border in Queensland, which seems to be like another country these days. Just being completely cut off from the rest of the world is frustrating. Who would have thought? The list goes on. But what really made me cross the line, what made me so angry that it literally broke something inside me, it was the constant bombardment of fear-driven negative news being spewed out at us, dose after dose, hour after hour. I could no longer hack the fear-induced media frenzy coming at us from every angle, from the mainstream like Channel 9, the ABC 
or SBS, to international news feeds like CNN or the BBC and SRF, to alternative media and social media platforms of all kinds and colours. It all got too much. To the point where it can make you sick. The news is toxic and it will make you sick with worry and with fear to the point where it can drive you to psychosis. A life filled with worry and with fear, worrying about tomorrow. You no longer have the capacity to process it all because you're constantly on. The on mode never gets switched off. We are in sensory overload, taking in, taking in and taking in. Glued to our screens, whatever size they might be, night and day. Well, it broke something in me. And here is the antidote. A podcast of positivity called A Pandemic of Opportunity. So what has that produced in me specifically? Something really positive, in fact. To name one of a dozen things it's changed in me is that I no longer watch the news. In fact, I loathe the news. How is that positive, you may ask? Well, I hate it so much that I've completely stopped watching any type of news. I no longer even read the headlines or even watch the five-minute news feeds that come and pop up on my computer screen. What has that produced? I'll sum it up. It's a produced peace of mind. And it's made me feel that need for information with positive news feeds. I've been listening to really good positive podcasts from intermittent fasting to cold water therapy and breathing techniques with my man Wim Hof to podcasts on mental health to a wonderful daily easy listening Bible app called Daily Audio Bible with Brian Harden. Things to fill me with more and more peace. Even though I don't believe in his entire philosophy, I want to read something from page 20 from the Wim Hof Method by Wim Hof. My American friend Chris Ryan wrote a book entitled Civilized to Death on these deeper feelings about how we have become so civilized, so inconceited in our comfort zones that has gotten the better of us. He argues that we don't live in nature anymore, but in opposition to it. And what, in the end, are we really opposing? The cold and its adverse power are not our enemy. The cold knows how to trigger our vascular system, which, if laid out end-to-end, would stretch nearly two and a half times around the length of the world. Cardiovascular-related diseases are the number one killer in our society today. But it doesn't have to be that way. There are approximately 62,000 miles of veins, arteries and capillaries in each and every one of us. It goes on to say, but what did we do? We got into clothes. And we love these clothes so much. These dresses and suits and nice ties. They're wonderful. We've got Gucci, Versace, Vanderbilt. All these fashions that everybody loves. But clothes actually destimulate our vascular system. The intricate system that delivers blood throughout our body. And do you know who's paying for that? Our heart is. When these little vascular muscles are not tuned up, not working in an optimised condition, our heart is forced to pump much more, deeper and stronger, to get the blood flow through. 
This puts undue stress on our heart and chronic basis. That's one of the primary reasons, together with diet and exercise, why our cardiovascular related diseases are the number one killer in our society. How do we tackle this killer? It's very simple. A cold shower a day keeps the doctor away. The medical system is increasingly driven more by pharmaceutical solutions than by healing. And few would recommend this method, but it's right there. It's simple and it works and it doesn't cost a thing. Now I'll vouch for this because for roughly 365 days straight, I've been doing the two minute cold showers every single morning and um, I have seen the change. I love it and I would not give it up for anything in the world. So what is the fruit of all this positive change been? One of the many things is that I now sleep a solid eight to nine hours straight through nearly every single night. In fact, there is not much more of a healthier thing you can do for yourself. Even before diet and exercise, it is to have a good night's sleep. Sleep basically lets your body, mind and brain reset. Your brain function, metabolism, stress levels, etc, etc, etc. There is basically not one body, mind and spirit function that does not benefit from a good night's sleep. I'd like to use some more surf analogy to paint a picture. I really like what surf editor Sean Doherty recently wrote. It is like we've been scrambling over a larger than life set of waves that have been approaching. The first wave, which took us by surprise and cleaned us up, was 2020. The second wave, which we've just scrambled over now, is 2021. Surfers say that sets usually come between 1 and 7, but that is not defined. So there will be more waves behind the one that we just got over. So what are we doing to prepare for the third and fourth wave of a set? Like a pastor friend of mine said recently, it's like God has got us in the gym with light weights, getting us trained up and ready, stronger, one day at a time, ready for what's ahead. Or I refer back to St. John of the Cross. Turmoil, hardship and darkness does not extinguish us. It makes us strive. It makes us rise above with the help of God. My favourite quote of his. The endurance of darkness is preparation for great light. I love these words from the greatest sermon ever preached. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Words by Jesus Christ from the Sermon of the Mount recorded nearly 2,000 years ago. I've been holding on to these words like never before over the last 20 months or so. One of the books that I've been reading called The Dark Night of the Soul by Gerald G. May, MD, puts it this way. To put it in more modern psychological terms, most of us become desensitised or habituated to the special, especially delicate experience of life. Most of us live in a world of overstimulation and sensory overload without realising it. We erect defences against our own perceptions in order to avoid being overwhelmed. To some extent, 
This deadens our sensitivity and dulls our perceptiveness. We find, we find ourselves no longer appreciative of the subtle sensations, the delicate fragrances, the soft sounds, and exquisite feelings we enjoyed as children. Like addicts experiencing tolerance, the need for more and more drugs to sustain their effect, many of us found ourselves seeking increasingly powerful stimulation to keep our enjoyment and satisfaction going. It is important to remember that Teresa of Avila and John attribute these excesses to our deep, irrepressible searching for God. We are constantly trying to find ultimate satisfaction, but we unknowingly look in the wrong places. For me personally, it's been made me draw closer to God and it's been a shedding of things not worthy. Like John says, in the dark night of the soul, bright flows the river of God. I quote from the book of James. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. This verse is intended to show us that trials are opportunities to prove our love and enhance our faith. With this perspective, life becomes inspiring and I can slowly but surely get myself in position for the next wave. I'd like to share something that I wrote down in my own personal journal only three days into lockdown. Lockdown. I love the journey of discovery. Like all the locals that live in Byron Bay, it is a chance to, to breathe deep and enjoy the peace and quiet. Hear the birds once again. Slow it all down. Take a deep in-breath and now slowly exhale. Do it again and again and watch what happens. Byron Bay is able to do these big breaths once again. Nothing in this world could change the things so radically to stop all the people from running around like mad chooks on steroids. Getting busy, fast, do more, see more, travel more. Keep on being busy, selfie there and selfie here. Never slow down, never spend time at home and never speak to your neighbours. What have we become? Take a top-down view. What must it look like from God's perspective? We've absolutely lost the plot. The more we go into lockdown, the deeper it takes us on the journey. Why? The quieter it gets, the more real it gets. The chance to look deeper and to quieten it all down. To get real with God. Take long walks in nature, in the forest, on the beach. To contemplate, to breathe to exhale. I love it. I call it the pandemic of opportunity, a journey of discovery in lockdown. I'm going to keep it personal. Some of the waves of change I've been catching lately is the wave of community, the winsome soup kitchen community. I'm also in a men's group doing life together. I join an old guy's rule coffee fellowship. I have a regular catch up with a mentor that we like to call having coffee with conversations that matter. 
getting to know all my neighbours. I trade avos for pure raw honey with one and organic free-range eggs with the other. And I trade for a box of organic veggies containing beetroot, salad, spinach, broccoli, cauliflower and more. Ask them what they, one day, how do they get their veggies so big, good and wholesome? He told me it's all in the soil. He has been working that soil and making it better year by year for the last 40 years. Now that's what I call a positive wave of change, if there ever was one. I've worked out you can simplify your life and survive on less. When losing one of my jobs during this trialling year, I said to my supervisor that this could be the single greatest thing to ever happen to me. I've just been handed a gift. And that gift is a fresh new white canvas with a bunch of brand new colourful paints. There are literally thousands of new business ventures that have started up during the time of this pandemic. People are growing their own veggies, they're cooking more, spending more quality time with people they love most. Driving less, riding bikes more, walking more, getting into new sports and activities like never before. There is one positive wave after the next, rolling your way. I love listening to the Daily Audio Bible app, one of the most life-changing things I've ever listened to for years. Being part of a beautiful global community where the centrepiece is love. Brian, who heads up this app, calls it gathering together every day around the global campfire. What a positive way to start each day. So I'm going to finish the way I started, with the ocean. If you have been in rhythm with the ocean, if you've studied the wave pattern, have knowledge of your local spot, the swell direction, the period and the speed of the waves, you know the sandbanks or the reef below the surface, and you have your landmarks for orientation, you've been patient and are sitting far enough out to sea and have established the best position, then it's very likely that when this next set wave comes, you'll be in position to stroke into the wave, to catch it, and then safely ride the wave into shore. It might even catch you by surprise. Sit back and enjoy Shine a Light by Luke Vasella. To the peaceful Strength be to the truthful Wake up, oh sleeper Wake up, oh sleeper Rise up, oh dreamer Shine a light Mining plan on the stupidity of man from Maury right across the Liverpool plains. Shine on the criminal corporate games. When they put you to the test, shine on the New South Wales, Northwest, Australia. It's time to rejoice. Shine a light or lose your voice. Core of my heart, my country, like drums in my. 
shine a light for the struggling farmer who's got to cope with the climate karma. Cause we're all gonna reap what we sow for treating the earth like there's somewhere else to go. Shine a light on a merciless economy, laying the waste to people and ecology. Shine on a culture of greed, fueled by addiction, not by need. Australia's 